0: This episode is brought to you by Feldspar Ventures, an incubator studio that transforms early-stage media properties into multimedia entertainment franchises. Their team is passionate about transforming a creator's vision into reality and commercial success. To learn more, visit feldsparventures.com. Thanks for tuning in to All Things Video. This is James Creech, and yesterday we learned about digital rights management or DRM. We talked about the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, legal doctrines like fair use and public domain content. We talked about freebooting and digital fingerprinting solutions that are designed to help protect copyrighted material. Today, we're going to learn about YouTube's system for digital fingerprinting, Content ID. YouTube created Content ID in 2007 to help rights owners enforce their copyrights and protect their IP. This happened in the wake of many media companies realizing that their popular TV shows and films were being uploaded to the platform, and once YouTube launched its partner program, in some cases that content was actually being monetized, directly or indirectly. The most popular example of a media company taking action is probably Viacom's suit against YouTube for over a billion dollars, which YouTube ultimately won many years and after a very costly legal battle. Content ID has evolved over time to become a very powerful system for detecting copies of reference files based on a frame-by-frame analysis of the content. Over 90% of Content ID claims are monetized and YouTube has reported paying out over $2 billion in claimed earnings in the nine years since Content ID has been live. So let's understand a little bit more about how the system works. A content owner uploads a video to YouTube and enables Content ID matching or can make it private in the backend CMS system that YouTube offers to media companies. From there, they can determine certain policies based on their terrestrial rights ownership. In other words, they can determine a different claim policy to apply based on region or territory. You might also take certain actions in a different territory as well. The three types of actions Content ID enables a user to take are block, track, or monetize. These fall in a descending order of how conservative a content owner wants to be with its claims. If they're choosing to block content, that means it will not be available to view in the region that the content owner has selected. In other words, if I am blocking a video from playing in Germany, it might be available everywhere else globally, but it would be blocked from being viewable to any users in Germany. The track policy allows a content owner to gather data about how content's performing without taking it down, without blocking the content from being viewed, and without monetizing it, just simply collecting data. The third policy is monetization. A content owner might want people to watch the content in order to leverage the promotional value of the YouTube platform, but also the earnings potential. By monetizing claims, they can earn a significant amount from the advertising video on demand or AVOD revenues, as well as subscription video now through YouTube Red. These claims will automatically be tracked and paid out to the rightful content owner every month if the system has applied a monetization claim on behalf of the rightful IP owner. In some cases, two people might own the same content or at least assert that they have the same ownership. This can occur if someone owns the video rights and another party owns the audio rights. It might also occur if there are different territory relationships for rights ownership. For instance, I own the rights in Mexico, but someone else owns the rights in Peru. In those cases, YouTube system will sort out the appropriate logic and make the claims in the correct territories. However, if there are two claimants who assert the same rights ownership, For instance, if two parties are both claiming that they own a piece of content outright worldwide, then a conflict occurs, and there's a whole dispute resolution process built into the Content ID system to help resolve these peacefully, and hopefully prevents lawyers having to get involved. Of course, the legal implications and the way in which Content ID operates can get very complex, especially when you are dealing with multiple claimants or multiple pieces of content in a single video. But for the most part, Content ID does a very effective job for audio claiming. From what I've seen, Content ID locates about 95% of potential audio claims. It struggles, however, much more on the video side. Anywhere from 40 to 60% of potential video claims are actually missed by the platform. And this isn't YouTube's fault or or any shortcoming of Content ID necessarily. It's just the fact that digital fingerprinting systems can't detect all types of content. Let's look at a few examples. One is hyper-short-form content. If you have anything under 30 seconds... Content ID won't detect a match because it wants to avoid having too many false positives. At the end of the day, YouTube had to draw a line in the sand and they said if a piece of content is too short, we're not gonna determine a match. This can also be the case if the match length is too short or if it's a compilation video. Examples of these are fail compilations and fine video compilations in which the length of the content is so short that an automated match system can't really be relied upon to produce an automated claim with a high confidence level. Another limitation of Content ID is fan-created content. I could create a video that uses the characters or otherwise infringes on someone's IP without necessarily doing a direct rip of the video. This could include fan-animated videos, puppet shows, and other types of content that, because it's created by fans, does not have a reference file to match against. And finally, there are savvy copyright violators who know how to get around the system whether that's dropping frames, speeding up or slowing down the video, putting a border around the content, or otherwise finding means to avoid detection by the Content ID system. There's a bit of a cat and mouse game that's being played by these copyright violators and the Content ID engineers. Now, YouTube has 400 engineers in Zurich working every day to make Content ID better, but as we've touched on, there are inherent limitations to any digital fingerprinting system, and the problems are multiplying as the value of content uploaded to the platform continues to grow exponentially. So what does that mean for content owners? They need an effective manual claiming strategy to complement their automated match systems. Content ID does have a section that allows for descriptive search claiming. So in addition to the automated matches provided by reference files, media companies can have a human operator go in and enter keywords that will match against the title tags and descriptions of videos uploaded to the site. If a human operator reviews content and finds something that is their intellectual property, that is their copyrighted work, they can then manually create a claim asserting their ownership of that video. At Paladin, we're building software to streamline the manual claiming process, helping rights holders save time, search smarter, and recapture the full monetization and data insights from their content. With our technology, we aim to complement Content ID and other digital fingerprinting solutions, especially as these digital rights management issues grow and expand to other platforms with freebooting on Facebook, Dailymotion, Twitter video, and even live streaming services becoming a huge issue. To recap, Content ID is YouTube's digital fingerprinting system that determines if a video uploaded to the site infringes on a rights owner's intellectual property. As an example, if I go home tonight and start uploading copies of the new Warner Brothers movie, Suicide Squad, Content E will look at the total Suicide Squad movie, which will be uploaded and managed by Warner Brothers, and use that as a reference file to determine that the clips I've posted do, in fact, infringe upon their material. And then, in that case, they would then apply the appropriate policy that Warner Brothers has determined based on the appropriate region. This could be to block, track, or monetize. Content ID also allows for a smooth dispute resolution process in the case where there are conflicts or there are multiple claimants on a video. And while it is very effective for audio, it struggles in many cases with certain types of video content. And the limitations of Content ID include things like hyper short form content, that is videos under 30 seconds. It also has trouble identifying short matches and compilations, fan created content, and then anything that has been modified by savvy copyright violators. Of course, digital fingerprinting technology is getting better every day, but the number of people contributing to the problem, either as fans or as blatant copyright violators, is significantly more than the number of engineers working on the problems. And the volume of content on YouTube continues to grow exponentially. So what does this mean for content owners? It means that they need a manual claiming strategy that takes advantage of the descriptive search functionality within YouTube CMS in order to make sure they're claiming all of the content to either receive the full monetization value and receive the data associated with their content. There are a number of great service providers and technology solutions out there for managing content ID, as well as assisting with descriptive search or manual claiming. But the big takeaway I want to emphasize for media companies and any rights holder out there is that in order to get 100% coverage of your content, you can't rely solely on a digital fingerprinting solution. You need a descriptive search or manual claiming component in order to complement what Continent E is doing for you. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, I hope that you'll share it with someone else who will find it valuable. Make sure to like All Things Video on Facebook, check us out on LinkedIn, and send your questions if there's anything else you're curious to know about digital rights management, about Continent E, or potentially about these issues as they relate to other platforms. Drop us a line at allthingsvideopodcast at gmail.com. We'll take all of your submissions and review those questions at the end of the month in a very special episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.